what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Uh, I am a, as we're going to hear in a little bit, a video producer and working a lot in the world of video, which I guess lends me to be able to talk a little intelligently about our topic today, which is going to be digital video. And with me, uh, maybe not quite as much on the video side. You're going to be playing a little bit more of the, the student on this episode, if I'm correct, Brian, is my brother, yeah. Brian, Brian Jackson. Yeah, I'm just going to pretend like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and in Should fact, I hard. don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah. this is going to be a very easy role for me to play today. Um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, video is not uh, is not necessarily my thing, but I'm extremely excited about uh learning a little more and having you educate me today, Alan. So this is, uh, well, this is going to be good. You did this with, you did this with photography a little bit because photography is definitely more your, your, your area and you, uh, you educated me. So I'm just returning the favor now with yeah, this series. I need, I need a break. I need a break. This has been a few weeks now that I feel like I've just, you know, I've dominated. Carried the, this. carried the show basically. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so how are you doing? You doing, you doing I, all right? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing I'm okay. Just, I told you though. I told you my, my dilemma this morning, mm. just, you know, as we're getting started recording, not only did the power go out in our office building because of some accident outside that knocked us out for a little bit, but even worse than that, Brian, was uh, I, I realized after fixing a, a, a really, really nice pot of coffee that I was so excited about because I, I love my coffee in the morning, uh, the box of coffee or bag of coffee I bought yesterday and I'm using today is decaf. Oh. And I, that I don't think my body's ever had decaf coffee or at least not in years. So I don't know if it's going to rebel. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm in for a little bit of hurt later today, but it's, this could be bad. My morning's not off to a good start. So I I'm, this is the high spot of my morning so far is getting ready to be on the, on the chat with you and getting to play teacher on digital video a little bit. I mean, seriously, can, can 2020 get any worse right now? (laughs) No, I mean, really, as of, as of this morning, no, it cannot. (laughs) It is rock bottom. Uh, Um, Well, I do hope you'll, you'll record some video later of you, you know, really getting frustrated with the fact that you're drinking decaf right now. You know, I want to see, I I want to see what this does to your body. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so tempted to like scoot out of here in a little bit and go, go pick up some coffee. I just, I don't know if I can go the day without it. Um, let me back up and explain kind of what we're doing here as a general show. Cause I know we just kind of jumped right into it. <laughs> Brothers in tech here, Brian and I get together just so you guys know, this is, this is how we talk when we just have brother phone or zoom conversations. We just talk technology. So we figured why not press the record button and let's record these conversations and share them with everybody. And if it helps educate and inform or, or even entertain, uh, even better. And yep. we really kind of p- pattern these conversations to talk about home and family tech technology that really you could use on a more personal level. It's not to say that we don't talk about business technology sometimes, but our focus is really what you're going to use in your personal life, what you're going to use with your home family, uh, for your own personal purposes. Yeah. And we're really speaking to those of you out there that are, 
playing the uh, the go-to IT person in your family, or maybe you find yourself calling someone else in your family for all of your IT needs. We want to be a resource to maybe help share the knowledge a little bit when it comes to technology in your uh, your home, in your yep. family. The brotherhood, the sisterhood, right? We yes. all, uh, we're all in this together. <laughs> That's right. We, we hear a lot we, of that these days. <laughs> we do, we do. And I'll tell you, um, boy, oh boy. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> speaking speaking digital video before we jump into it. So I I, I run a, a film festival here in my, mm-hmm. my hometown and I've been doing that for about six years on the side and I have a lot of fun with it. Well, Brian, this year the film festival is going online and- that sounds really interesting and it's going to have some nice advantages to it. But I'll tell you what, my, my playing the technical services, technical support guy has gone through the roof for about the last two weeks. So we have 600 members in our film society and this whole moving to an online world is, is a little challenging. And uh, so I have been playing a lot of uh, tech uh, support on the phone and on email this last week. So I'm so really tech, geared to talk tech to support you. to individuals, your, your members. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. To, to pre- yes. prepare themselves in advance. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this whole pandemic, you know, has forced us to, to think a lot more about online video and mm-hmm. a lot more about, you know, video conferencing. So I'm, I'm amazed with how many people in our community have actually gotten on top of that, have bought a webcam are doing video mm-hmm. conferencing are using zoom but it's not everybody. And, uh, so we're still trying to make sure everybody's kind of up to speed on what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I play that technical support role a lot more lately than I have normally. Uh, but let's, let's jump into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And this is yeah. kind of piggybacking off that. This is really talking digital video. We spent the last like three or four weeks, Brian, talking about photography and really let's expand it. 24 or 30 times that because that's really what video is. Video is obviously taking multiple photographs in a rapid succession to create video. And uh, we're going to talk all about digital video, shooting video on a various uh, array of devices that you may have available to you or you may be interested in getting. But also, most importantly, for this first episode, talking about some of the general things to know about digital video before you start getting really into it. Some terms, some formats, some other options you may have as far as cameras. When we talk about shooting digital video, um, let's say you're someone who you really love taking home videos. You know, you love shooting footage of your family, you go on trips, uh, special events, holidays, whatever it may be. And you really want to get the best video you can out of that situation. Or you could be somebody that uh, maybe on the side has a YouTube channel or is putting some things up on YouTube and sharing we're talking about what you do as a business, whatever it may be, video is becoming so much more impactful and important. I think day to day right now. So mm-hmm. um, yep. I've yeah. been producing videos and shooting videos for gosh, about almost 30 years now, I believe started back in high school and, and been shooting, started with wedding videos and uh, corporate videos and working on short films and everything in between. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of involved in video every day, several hours of my day. So I'm yeah. happy to talk in general about it. Well, and I can, I can say, hold on a second. Let me take a big sip of my caffeinated coffee. Um, oh, man, and, and, and I had to be watching you on zoom too, so I can actually <laughs> see it. <laughs> oh man, that is, that is good. That is caffeinated. Um, Brian, I almost felt a little bit of a caffeine high 
like just watching you. <laughs> Do you want me to, should I, should I blow some steam into the microphone? No, okay. I'm just going to sit here and drink my flavored water somewhere. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I can say from a person who's not in the video world and uh, doesn't uh, deal with video on a day-to-day basis, it seems, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, but it seems from an outside perspective the video quality obviously has gone up tremendously, but all we ever really hear about is, you know, the the next resolution, right? It's kind of like mm-hmm. when we talk about photography, people hear about megapixels and they think that's the <clears throat> that's the key factor. And it seems like resolution is the only thing I ever hear about, you know, the the HD, yeah. the 4K, the 8K, those sorts of things. Yeah. So I'm 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 interested to know your thoughts on. I mean, has has video changed? Other than just the quality of the image, has the video world changed that dramatically? Or do you think well, that there's... Yeah. I see very, I see so many similarities with just digital photography. So a lot mm-hmm. of what I'm going to say is going to kind of echo what you said about photography. Um, yeah, the, the, the computers, the, 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 the brains inside these devices recording these things have gotten a lot smarter and better. And yeah. they're always looking to help you get the best image. So video is nothing but... A series of photos anyway. Um, so it works the same way. So yeah, I have, I have seen video quality improve. I've seen the, the smarts of the cameras get better to where they will automatically help you get a good shot. Even if you don't know all the settings and terms you need to be working with when it comes to resolution, you're right. It is a little bit like the whole megapixel sales pitch, you know, but I do think there's a little more to it when you talk about video resolution than megapixels necessarily. And we are going to talk about resolutions in a little bit. You know, we are always having to kind of look at that next big format, that next big quality level. But I'm also going to talk through where I feel like most consumers and most people probably are going to find themselves and be happy being right now. Um, so let's talk a couple just general things about digital video, regardless of if you're shooting on a phone or you're shooting with a big professional camera rig. Some of these things are very universal. They apply to all these devices, no matter what. First thing I want to talk about is frame rate. So I kind of made a little bad joke at the beginning about, you know, it's just, we're going to do 24 or 30 times, you know, the amount of talking about photos. Really what I'm saying there is that, you know, a video, a second of video is made up of a number of frames. So a lot of times when you hear on some of these cameras in your shooting, video, you hear about the frames per second. That is kind of a term that you have a lot of flexibility with, but I think it's important for people to understand what you can do with that. So Alan, a frame is a a standalone shot, a static shot. A single image. Yep. If you were to take your video and imagine you freeze frame it and you grab that one image and you you make that an image, a photo and send it out, that's what it is. It's one individual frame. Okay. So video is ser- simply a series of photos passing before our eyes in rapid motion. The human brain, supposedly, according to scientists, says that when we perceive the world around us, it's anywhere from 24 to 48 frames per second is what we see. Okay. So in other words, you know, the higher the frame rate, you could almost argue that the more lifelike, the more realism that that video looks like it has. The slower the frame rate, it, it, it's it's not going to quite look as real life around you. It's going to look a little more stylized, a little a little different look. So, for example, 24 frames per second. Most cameras you can get, most uh, digital videos, 
should give you an option of shooting 24. Most do. Some, some maybe not, but most off the shelf or standard uh, popular camera phones or definitely camcorders or uh, professional cameras will let you shoot 24 frames per second. 24 frames per second is technically what film, like back when motion pictures were on film, that's kind of the frame rate the film world was in. And 24 frames per second is going to give you a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say stuttered, but a little less realism look in a more film-like look. So if you've ever watched a film and you can just kind of tell that there's, the motion isn't always like super smooth, like you might see on a TV show or on a reality show or on a news broadcast, but it looks kind of cool in that it's, it's film-like. That's, that's film, that's 24 frames per second we're shooting. So a lot of the cameras, any of the cameras you kind of work with typically give you that option to shoot at that level. Now the, the, the frames per second we're kind of used to seeing on more television or more standard videos is 29.97 frames per second, or you could say 30, but there's a reason why it's 29.97. It has to do with uh, NTSC transmissions, uh, how, how videos portrayed on television sets and all. But 29.97, that's kind of your standard video. When you shoot a camcorder video in the past, it was pretty much shooting at 30 frames per second. Uh, it looks good. It's nice and smooth. It, it's good motion to it. The thing you're hearing now that most cameras have also started rolling out is this idea of 60 frames per second. So it is technically at 60. It's actually shooting at a higher frame rate than what even the human brain can really perceive. But there's a reason why you would shoot at 60 instead of a, a, high, a lower frame rate. And that's because with 60 frames per second, you can do a lot more with slow motion later on. You can take that, you've shot, you've now gotten 60 frames every second instead of 24 or 30. So if you were to do slow motion, if you wanted to go into slow it down later on in your editing or post-production, you have more frames to play with and the slow motion is going to look smoother. The other way uh, 60 frames per second is really nice is people recording video game footage. You know, they'll record sometimes themselves playing video games. Video games go at a really fast high frame rate. So by shooting at 60 frames per second or higher, you're going to capture as much of that same fluid motion on the video game as nor as you would watching it. So that's frame rate. You really, you know, there's not a wrong answer on on going frame rate when you're shooting something or any camera, any setting you want to set. It's more a matter of just kind of what are you looking for? What do you want to have it look like? 30 is going to be kind of your still your standard or 29.97, as you may see listed on your options. 24 gives you more of a film look, a little more stylized look. 60 is really for, I want to capture a lot of fast motion. I may want to slow some of this video down in slow motion later on when I'm editing it that gives you a lot more flexibility, a lot more frames to work with at 60. Hmm. So that's something you see in a lot of marketing of these cameras, anything you get, will it shoot at 60 frames per second? Could it even shoot higher? Some cameras can even shoot at a higher frame rate where that gives you a lot of frames to work with when you're editing later on. Yeah. So Alan, uh, just a quick aside. So I, I, in my lab, we had done some, some high speed video to try to, to, kind of record some movements uh, that was happening. And and we noticed that um, the frame rates, frames per second were different depending on video that we were receiving from our colleagues in the UK. Mm-hmm. Is that still the, the case? Is it still the standard? Like, what was it? 
25 versus 30 or something like that was the. Yeah, I think PAL, which is, you know, PAL, which is kind of the international standard instead of NTSC that we had for television broadcast, I believe for PAL, I want to say the frame rate was like, is like, uh, is it like 40? I I don't recall offhand what it is. It's a different frame rate. Yeah, I think it was 25 versus the 30 that we had, but but I remember there was incompatibility there and um, it that was just a standard. There was no other reason, right? It's not like yeah. film works yeah. different across the pond, right? Okay. No, it's all about how it records it. I mean, it's just the, the idea is that and kind of what kind of frame rate it needs for rebroadcasting. So uh, the good news, you know, is that this is all kind of, as we go to a much more international media market and we're less concerned about television standard table, television broadcast, and it's all online broadcasting the frame rate becomes a little less irrelevant from a compatibility standpoint. It's really more of a, what, what's the look you want to have for your, for your shooting now. Um, I, we, I, I work with some international groups. We don't really have an issue sharing video anymore. As long as we're sharing it online, it was back when it was uh, sharing it on tapes or other devices where you're kind of locked in on a certain frame rate. It became more of a challenge. So, yeah. So frame rates, you know, it's a creative option now, but it is when you're looking at your camera or any camera you may be looking at getting, just understand that you can change that frame rate and give you a different look of what you're shooting digital video. One of the nice things with digital videos, you've got that flexibility. The other big thing you hear about when you're kind of looking at specs and terms when it comes to uh, shooting or capturing digital video is the resolution. The resolution, Brian, is the closest comparison you've got to the megapixel on the photo side. It is truly like when you are grabbing your video, what is the size of the frame you're grabbing? What is the pixel dimensions? Because obviously the bigger the the pixel dimensions, when you push it into a computer screen or a television screen, the more pixels you have, the more clear, sharp focus, the more detail you're going to have in there, right? So back when all we had was standard definition video, Brian, uh, SD video, that's basically, uh, you know, VHS, what used to be on stand on regular television sets before HD came out. Standard definition was 640 pixels wide by 480 pixels tall. Okay. That was, that was what we were watching television on. And actually it even started lower than that, but 640 by 480 is kind of became the standard for standard definition after a while. You can still shoot video at 640 by 480. Just know that when you play it on a computer screen or a nice big TV, it's blowing it up. So all the pixels become a lot bigger and more pixelated and the image is going to look a lot fuzzier or blockier. It's just not going to look as sharp. Um, High definition, right? There were two levels of high definition that came out. You have 720 high definition, which is that's a dimensions of 1,280 pixels wide by 720 pixels tall. They called it 720 format of HD. And then you had a 1080 HD. If you probably heard that in some marketing as well about television sets or cameras, 1080 HD was 1,920 pixels wide and 1,080 pixels tall. So again, we're getting larger and larger with our format size. And again, the idea is that you're getting more and more quality in what you shoot. Now, most of what you see on television these days, if you're streaming television on any uh, streaming services, you are getting HD, 
you're getting that 1920 by 1080, kind of that 1080 HD level. That became kind of the, I'd say the rock solid standard for a good several years. Like that's the best video quality you're going to get for television on your computer. That's, that's where we are. Um, in most cameras you get now, especially camera phones or professional cameras, they will shoot 1920 by 1080 right out of the box. It's probably the default setting they have for shooting right now. I would, I would guess, uh, you can always change. Most of these cameras will let you change. Do I want to drop down to 720 HD or do I want to go up to the next level, which I'll mention in a minute, just understanding that each of these levels, these resolutions you change. It is going to give you a sharper image. It's going to give you better quality and a bigger frame to work with. However, it's also bigger file size. So you're taking up more room when you shoot 1080 HD versus 720 HD. Okay. Yep. I've been on some projects, Brian, where we are, we are just shooting somebody talking to the camera and they're going to talk for hours. And we need to make sure that we've got enough footage and storage to get that, get that recorded. We may make the choice and say, I'm just going to shoot at 720 HD instead of 1080. Cause it's just somebody's head talking on camera. They don't need it to be super sharp focus. And uh, we get a lot more space. We can record a lot more on our devices that way. So you can still do that. You know, it's uh, but those are the options that are kind of the standard options right now. So Alan, is it, is it, more important for people to think about uh, so someone's gonna someone's gonna be recording video let's say home videos or uh, they just had a child and they're gonna start to record things you know so that they can have memories uh, going forward if they're trying to decide between those resolutions is it an issue of size or is it an issue of um, who's going to be playing it back later right is that a concern as well so if, if I'm trying to decide what resolution, obviously I need to make sure I have enough storage, right? If I'm using everything on my phone, that's going to be a lot of, a lot of storage. I, I, up, right. Well, there's two factors I would consider on for personal use. One is storage. Yeah. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a, if you're shooting on a camera phone and you got the one with the smallest uh, storage inside of it and you go out and you shoot high definition video for several hours, you're going to start to see that get filled up pretty quick. Um, that's when you have to really be diligent about downloading the video, getting it off your phone and clearing off space before you go shoot some more. So that's one factor. The other factor is it, it, it's not a problem sharing with other people based on resolution. What matters is what, how you're going to share it to them and how you send it to them. If you put your video up on YouTube, you, you send your video, YouTube is going to go ahead and take your video and knock it down to some different quality levels for different people anyway. Okay. So it's always kind of the idea is that you want to send YouTube the highest quality resolution you can, and it's going to create standard definition or lower level HD versions for people to watch based on their own internet connection. Okay. Um, so yeah, so sharing, it's not as big an issue either. It's really comes down to space. And then on the sharing side, I will say, just remember the time involved in uploading videos or sending videos, the bigger the video file it will take a lot longer to upload to YouTube or send it to somebody um, as in or Dropbox or anywhere else you may share your files. That's the biggest consideration. I mean, I'm always going to tell people shoot at the highest resolution you can because you are kind of future proofing your footage. You know, yeah. uh, it, I still cringe when I go back and look at old video footage of mine that was shot in standard definition. You try to watch it on a big screen TV and it does not look good at all. 
So, you know, shoot at the highest resolution you feel comfortable doing because that's going to hold up the longest than shooting at a lower resolution. And then a few years from now, you watch it and it just doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, and there's not really an well, issue. There can be an issue of up watching, I guess, would be <laughs> the way you could say it, right? If, if I yeah. shot mm-hmm. a bad video and watched it on a good TV, it's yeah. still going to look like a bad video. It's still going to be different, but it's going to be okay, right? And if I shot a really, really good video and watched it on a bad TV, okay, you're not going to necessarily notice a ton of difference, right? It's like you can overshoot the the quality is what you're saying, right? You can yeah. shoot the, the best you possibly can. And the way in which that is presented is just going to be based on what you're watching it on, right? I and would rather shoot. I would rather shoot the highest quality video I can, yeah. and know that if it has to get knocked down by wherever it gets sent to or played, I'd rather go that route. Yeah, because I remember when when the HD TVs came out, you know, we bought our first one and we were all excited about it, and then it wasn't until I don't know a year later we realized, oh, it was a 720 which is yeah. fine, right? Showed HD stuff, but there were certain things it wasn't able to do, right? There wasn't, uh, it wasn't able to take mm-hmm. advantage of. It's like, it's like having, you know, Netflix right now and giving you 4K video, yet my TV won't watch 4K video, right? So it'll knock it down to what it is that you need to be able to That's see. Right. Okay. Well, and you went ahead and teased, you know, 4K, that was, that was going to be the next format to mention. So you hear 4K, I probably for about the last year to maybe two years, that's been the whole buzz term. Everybody's talked about 4K on television sets or resolution or anywhere else. So 4K takes a big jump up. It, you know, where 1920 by 1080 was the HD 1080 version, the highest HD we had before that. 4K is now 33,840 pixels by 2,160 pixels. I mean, so you could fit, I think almost uh, two or three full HD images into a new 4k image easily. Um, well, it's got that be is uh, four of them, right? So it's got to be four of them, I assume, because you've got double right? each, each dimension is doubled, right? It's a uh, double up and double wide. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd actually be a four of them in a square there. Yeah. So imagine four HD images crammed into one image. Yeah. That's, that's 4K. And that's why people are so excited about 4K because it is a super high quality, large image. Um, now it eats up four times the data <laughs> that on your phone or your device when you shoot 4K. So I'm not to the point of telling everybody they need to go run out and set their cameras to default shoot 4K unless you know that you've got a lot of storage space and you're well equipped to do it because it will eat up space pretty quickly. Um but if you want to future-proof that resolution, you want the best resolution you can get right now, and you want to make sure for years to come it is still considered a very high resolution and looks great on devices, 4K is absolutely the way to go. Just it is gonna it is gonna tie up your hard drives or your your storage space really really fast. So if you've got a iPhone, even if you've got one that's like a 64 gigabytes, you feel pretty good about the space. You don't use much of it for other stuff. You know, you shoot enough 4K video, you're going to see that space start to get filled up uh, pretty quick. Yeah. So, yeah. so that um, is that is a good point because I know <clears throat> you and I both had kind of suggested people not necessarily go and buy the biggest hard drive on their phones if they had a really good cloud solution, right, where everything that they were yeah. doing was getting passed up to the cloud. But something like video, I don't think it's as easy to do the cloud solution. 
right? It has to be a little bit more thoughtful, right? I'm going to take this video and then I need to make sure that I go and put it up. It's not like, uh, you know, my music, right? If I have music, it's going to be synced up constantly. And some of my photos get synced up, but with something like Google Photos, it's not syncing up 4K video, right? Google Photos is not going to do that. Now my Apple iCloud well, storage okay. does. So it actually syncs the videos up into my photo library. Just, it takes a really good long time. I yeah. mean, it's, it's taking the 4k videos off my phone and in the background, trying to upload them to the internet. So it, it takes a while. It's a, it's some, it, everything, the, everything you're gaining with resolution and quality, the detraction right now is speed of sending, uploading, backing up those files um, and the storage space it eats up on your device. That's yeah. really it. But if you feel like you've got those covered, you've got a great, you've got plenty of storage on your device. You have no concerns about um, managing that storage so you can take old videos off and, and free it up for new ones. And you've got a pretty good way of uh, backing them up or storing those files uh, somewhere easily. And you're not worried about the the speed in doing so. 4K is, I mean, I absolutely would shoot 4K. Um, if you've got a really special event, special thing that you want to make sure you get the best possible resolution you can do right now. 4k is where you want to be with that. Um, now they have announced 8k. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, there was even a 6k kind of bridge for a little bit, but 8k is going to be the next one down the road. They, they start focusing on, um, which as you can imagine is going to be double the 4k, which means I think it's even more in theory. It's like multiple times, uh, an HD image. Yep. So um, yeah, it's going to be huge. I don't even know any computers or devices that are set to really handle 8K right now. So that is more on the horizon. But sure enough, if they figure out a way to market it and sell it on a consumer level, they will do that as soon as they can. So, um, so it's one of the things, Alan, just on a side that has kind of confused me a little bit is that I, I understand, you know, the push to make things uh, larger in terms of resolution. It's like, Hey, we've got 4k. What happens if we can double that? What happens if we can double that? Right. But at the same time, we're watching everything or most of our stuff is getting watched on smaller and smaller screens. Right. So I guess the question is, would you even, well, on a phone, would you be able to determine the difference between HD and 4k? Probably not. Um, I would say no. I, I think there's been some studies to show that once you get to a certain screen size and a certain distance away from your screen, um, you can't discern differences at certain levels. Yep. Um, but Brian, it's kind of like the comment we talked about with digital photography about how large an image you really need to be shooting. Yeah. Because again, most people are looking at images on their computer screen or looking at them on a eight by 10 or something that, you know, size wise, like you said, you're, the things you have printed and blown up to have in a big frame. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the way video is too. So even if your video is mostly being watched on a phone or a tablet or a computer screen. Uh, what happens if you have a video that all of a sudden there is a chance to show it on a really large projector at some sort of event or function, then it's going to start to fall apart. If you shoot at a lower resolution, it's not going to hold up. Right. Um, if you shoot at the highest resolution, then you know, no matter what format it's ever going to be portrayed at, it's going to be the best quality it can be. So it's a lot of the same conversation we had about photo. It's really what you intend to do with it. Um, and Alan, just uh, sorry, one more question on this. So we know that resolution is getting better, meaning more pixels per frame. Are they 
uh, is technology working to make that a smaller file size? It seems like that's one of the goals, right? As to what 4K would have been 10 years ago had they actually been able to do it. Hopefully that's a smaller file size now. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It is. Okay. So you're right. Even though our images are getting bigger, it's not necessarily always exponentially growing the file size because we are, technology is working on ways to get the file size compression, compressed more. So really we're talking compression. Okay. And again, very similar to digital photography. There's compression at play there as well. You have it in the video world too. So let's say, um, let's say you kind of know your frame rate you're shooting digital video at, or you're just using the standard frame rate on your camera. Yep. You are using the standard resolution. Let's say it's the 1920 by 1080, the HD 10, 1080 is kind of the standard you're going to shoot on. Uh, then it comes down to a question of just, and this is the next terminology is knowing uh, the video format and the compression on it. Now here's the good news is that these cameras are going to handle all this for you for the most part. Uh, more professional you get with your cameras, you'll have more options where you can choose what format you want to record in and uh, what kind of compression you want to use, if any. Most of the time, though, if you're using your iPhone, you're using uh, a more point-and-shoot camcorder or any of that, it's all going to take care of this for you. Video is recorded in a format, and those formats, we used to have a lot more formats than we do now. We still have a lot of formats, but we kind of standardize on a couple standards. If you hear the term MPEG, or MP4 is kind of that three letter extension you may see on a file size or file name. That's MPEG-4 that's been around since like 2001. It's high quality video, but it's also pretty good at making a smaller file size. It's applying some compression to it, kind of a MPEG-4 compression to it. So right now MPEG-4, from what I'm seeing, is probably the most universal format that people are used to getting. You can play a file that's an MP4 or MPEG-4 file on pretty much any device I can think of. Mac, Windows, mobile devices, all of that. So I'd say if I had to kind of guess and, and bet on what format a camera phone or a camcorder is going to be set to record at by default, it's probably going to be that MPEG-4. That would be my guess right now. Um but there are a lot of other formats out there. There are ones that you've probably heard of in the past. If you're an Apple user, been using Apple for a long time, you've probably heard the MOV, the .mov file. That's a format of video as well, just like MPEG, but it's it's a little more tailored for, for Apple computers and Mac computers. Uh, it is kind of used by QuickTime, this idea of QuickTime, like your QuickTime player on your Mac. That is a native Mac format. It used to be that the .mov file, when we used to be able to record those, didn't always play very nicely on Windows computers or other devices. It's great quality, but the file size was always larger. It was it was meant for a larger file size. So MOV, I don't really see much anymore. I mean, pretty much everybody's going to MPEG-4 on, on, their, on their video formats. Um, I know Google has rolled out a format just in the last... 10 years called web M web M. So W E B capital M uh, it's meant as an open source video format, really meant for like a web video on websites. Um, I know a lot of the software I use or things I use to edit or process video gives me options now to use the web M format. I just, I'll be honest. I haven't just haven't really seen it much out in the wild, you know? Uh, now it's very possible. A lot of the video you're watching 
on websites that are kind of embedded video on the web page may be that WebM format kind of natively. But as far as you from a personal use, you know, recording video, watching it back on your devices, it's probably not anything you're going to really need to worry about or see. Um, and then just the last couple formats I'll mention are ones that, again, probably not ones anybody will really come into close contact with. Panasonic and Sony for their more high level, professional level gear have an AVCHD format that they were using for a good while to record video files. Microsoft back in the 90s had a file format called AVI. Um, you still see some of those floating around every once in a while. Those are ones that played pretty good on Windows, never played really good on Macs. They were really large files, even though the quality was pretty good. Uh, again, that's kind of gone by the wayside. More or less now, MPEG, MPEG-4 is kind of where you're seeing everybody on video formats kind of uh, falling in line with right now. And I'm sure I'll have people write me and tell me that I'm missing something or forgetting some, but again, I, nine out of 10 videos I come across or I'm sent or asked to work with are, are going to be in the MPEG format. Yeah. And I, and I, I pretty much zoned out on about half of I what know. you said there. Well, I saw I, you dozing off. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, the, the, Enjoying your coffee again, please do. Um, is MPEG and JPEG, I mean, are they, is, is that a, like a similar standard, right? They, they, they've done yep. the J versus the M, simply the movie versus the image or? Well, M is, I think for motion. So you're yeah. talking about this idea of recording kind of a motion format. Yeah. I always forget what the PEG stands for in the JPEG or MPEG. Um, motion picture experts group is the uh, okay. MPEG. So then JPEG, always handy to have the handy little Google here. Um, JPEG is, I don't know. F photographic Experts Group. Joint, huh? Joint Photographic Experts Group. Okay, so there's some similarity to them. Yeah. But yeah, JPEG is kind of a universal standard for photos. They're not, they're not the same company like this PEG company. It's just that's- I don't believe so. I think that they're using, yeah. Most of these standards are built by kind of these associations who kind of all kind of come together and say, yep, this is going to be the standard we want to, we want to be using. Yeah. So MPEG was that motion picture uh, um, group kind of saying, Hey, we want to, we want to come up with a good standard that everybody can use. Yeah. It used to be a real nightmare years ago. I mean, probably 15, 20 years ago, trying to share digital video files with anybody on a different type of computer could you, can you play this file? Okay, you can't. Well, you may need to download some additional software to do it. It's just not a problem anymore. Again, I'm, we throw videos up on Dropbox and share them with people all day long. And I haven't had anybody tell me, oh, I can't play that video. So, um, so it's probably, and then of course, once you, once you throw them up to YouTube or Vimeo or whatever, then it becomes the universe. They make it universal anyway. So, yeah. 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 I mean, so it's probably two things. It's probably the, the, um, the formats have become more, standardized, but also every computer has a way of reading whatever you're feeding into it as well, yeah. right? So there's probably that's right. decoding that's happening. So so exactly. your, your takeaway is that if someone's creating video, they shouldn't worry so much about what that format's going to be unless they're given an option. If they're given an option, they should probably be thinking that MPEG-4, MP4, as a yeah. good standard that's going to be shared uh, with friends and family, and they should be able to watch it. Yeah. The only issue people are going to run into these days is sometimes when you are, are submitting a video to somewhere, and I'm trying to just think of an example, like let's say uh, there's some contest and they say, 
you know, uh, upload a video, send us your video and upload it through this website and uh, to be entered or whatever it may be. They may have specs on there that say the video needs to be this type of format or this type of format. So that's sometimes you need to pay attention to it. But otherwise, you know, if you're shooting for home videos, you're shooting for your own personal archives. Uh, any video you shoot on current modern mobile phones, camcorders or whatever it may be, will play on your modern computer. I, it's it's not going to be an issue and it will play on pretty much every TV set or a streaming TV box as well. Just be mindful that there are different formats and sometimes you may be asked for a certain format or have to handle it in a certain format, but just wait for my brother's and tech suggestion at the end of the show. Cause I'll have you taken care of on that as well. Cool. Um, last thing, let me mention, this is again, my, my last little geeky part, Brian, and then we'll move on to a little more uh, consumer level stuff here. You mentioned compression, you know, mm-hmm. There is a compression that is added to every video to make digital video play. If it wasn't compressed, technically the raw digital video that could be shot on cameras may not be super playable on your computer. It may just be too high quality, too detailed, too 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 uh, too much processing to deal with. So there's a level of compression added on a lot of video you shoot. Um, you may hear the term H.264 as a compression terminology. Again, not anything you as a consumer or a general user of video need to worry about. Just something to be aware of what that is. That is a compression being added to the video. So a lot of people say, you know, hey, send me an MPEG or MPEG4 and it's H.264 codec on it or compression on it. And that's kind of what, what it's doing. So all these devices kind of uh, apply their own level of compression, but H.264 is kind of a standard you may hear. Uh, on the 4K side, uh, you may hear H.265. They bumped it up by one. That's kind of a compression codec now for 4K video streaming. Again, all this stuff I just talked about, the great news about it is your cameras, whatever camcorder or digital camera you're going to be using for shooting video, will handle most all this for you. It's just, I think it's important for people to know that there are a lot of factors going on behind the scenes and you may need to be aware of them from time to time. Right. So, so whatever, whatever device they're using. So if someone says, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own YouTube channel, I'm going to start creating videos. I'm going to do some kind of amateur, uh, 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 small videos that I can share with, with followers, grab the, the highest resolution that you can and use in terms of your um, your space that you have on your computer, unless you want some creative looks to it, right? Potentially kind of trim that in. That can be done with frame rates. That can be done. It actually can be done in post-processing too, right? To grab the video, always do some cool things afterwards. And then uh, hopefully use some sort of format that's going to be universal. And then wherever you're sharing, it's probably going to adjust that format anyway, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. So because we're sharing video through online services, those online services, most of the time will process a video and and manage it the right way. As long as you're shooting on a good standard that your phone is set to shoot for or your camera is set to shoot on, it will be uh, compatible with most all online sites that handle video sharing, YouTube, Vimeo, any of these other places. Cool. Um, and again, your camera phone, if you're if you're using an iPhone or an Android phone, is going to come with a default setting. I think the iPhone default setting, if I remember correctly, is 
shooting at 1080p, which is the 1080 high resolution for HD at 30 frames per second. It's kind of a good standard, but you can change it to 1080p at 60 frames per second, or I can go to 4K at 24 frames per second, or I can go 4K at 30 frames per second. These are simple options you have in your camera settings on your phone to choose the format you want to go to. Um, I like it on the iPhone. I don't know if it does this on the Android, but it actually even kind of shows you on that screen in your settings how many minutes of video is is going to, how much space it's going to take up on your computer, on your device. So for example, if I wanted to shoot at the highest level, 4K at 60 frames per second on my camera phone, every minute of video is going to be 400 megabytes. Now, the way that translates is, you know, a thousand megabytes is a gigabyte. Okay. So if you do the math, basically you're able to get about two and a half minutes per gigabyte on your phone. Am I doing that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Two and, a half, two and a half minutes of video at the highest resolution per gigabyte. If you have a 32 gigabyte phone, half of it is filled up with other stuff, your applications, your system stuff. Yeah. Let's say you have 16 gigabytes free. Then what did I just say? Uh, two and a half minutes per gigabyte. So you're able to get about 40 minutes of video. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which, you know, for some people, they may say, oh, that's great. That, that's plenty. I want to shoot the highest resolution and 40 minutes on my phone is fine. I'll dump it afterwards, move it off there and clear it. But if you're going to go shoot an event, you know, you want to have some time. Um, you got to be careful about shooting at the highest resolution. because This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. It'll, it'll eat up the space. Yeah. If you go down to the 1080p, which is the uh, the high definition ver- uh, standard that, you know, it's kind of the standard right now at 30 frames per second, which is kind of the default, um, you're looking at 60 megabytes per minute. So at that point, you can get a whole lot more footage on your phone uh, you can go for hours uh, with no problem on that end. Hmm. So anyway, just some things to all be thinking about when you're when you're handling digital video and uh, just thinking about kind of what you're going to shoot, how you're going to shoot it. And um, and it all comes into play when you talk about the devices you're going to use. That's what I want to kind of move into next on this is really talk about the types of cameras or devices you could use for shooting video. Because again, frame rate, resolution are all going to be universal things to deal with no matter what type of device you're shooting on. Right. So Brian, just like, just like camera photography, um, you have different levels of where you can be shooting video. And some of them kind of mirror the photography ones we talked about pretty precisely. So on the lower end, I could say you have your mobile phone, your f- camera phone, or even webcams on your computer. Um, these are, Resolution's getting really good on the camera phones. We talked about that, like with the photography, it's happening with video as well. You're you're seeing some great video being shot on camera phones these days. Heck, there's even like some feature films that have portions or even an entirety shot on iPhones or camera phones. So it totally can be done. Um, of course, you know, we talked about all the positives that you have with shooting digital photography with your camera phone. And that is the device you have with you all the time. Well, that same kind of philosophy applies to the video as well. I mean, 
if you are somewhere and you've got your phone with you and you've got a great camera on it, and it's a good new or uh, fairly good model of your, of your camera phone, then that means you've got video on it too. And you can pull it up, click a couple buttons and you're shooting video right there on the spot. Um, not as easy to do with some of the other formats we're going to talk about, but uh, portability is absolutely one of the greatest uh, advantages of that mobile phone uh, category. Now I'll tell you this, I I've been shooting film or video for you know 30 years. I've used everything from, you know, $30,000 cameras down to small little uh, handheld portable cameras. I have shot some stuff for professional level corporate work on an iPhone. You know, uh, it's worked. And uh, there are some caveats with it. You got to be a little more careful about settings. You got to be a little more careful about lighting. You got to be a little more careful about audio. There's a lot of things with it that you've got to just pay more attention to if you're going to shoot video on your camera phone. But, you know, I was even on a short film shoot this past weekend. I was uh, helping direct a short film and we ran into a problem at the last day with the last shot we needed to get our big camera rig. We were not able to get it quite as portable as we needed for its one tracking shot we were going to do. So we pulled out an iPhone and used it and it actually matched up pretty darn good. So again, the stuff's getting better there for sure. Um, I am a fan of shooting video on an iPhone. We are going to talk about that specifically on a deep dive on the next episode about specifically shooting on a portable uh, camera phone device, shooting video there. Brian, do you do any shooting video on your cameras at all? Yeah, I, it's one of the things I just don't uh, don't even think about doing. I don't uh, when I pull my my phone out. I rarely ever use video, um, unless you know. So if 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 we're out, uh, kind of exploring as we tend to do, hiking, whatever, you know, if there's something like my dog is doing something funny, right? Obviously, and I get the, the video there, but I don't I don't really uh, take enough video to to even know what the quality is doing it. It's, it's good. You mentioned, you know, going into your settings and trying to see what the standard of that video is. I have, I have gotten interested or, or I'm fascinated by some of the, uh, the slow-mo video, you know, that can be done now, right. Which is taking so many frames a second at what, 240, something like that, 120 or 240. Yep. And then being able to recognize uh, cool ways that that can be, uh, be shown back again. But, um, yeah, I just I I am certainly impressed by what the what the phones can do now, right? They can process. Yeah, they really they really are pretty impressive. So so absolutely. I I I'm a, I'm a fan of shooting on 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 camera phones, shooting video on camera phones. Uh there are some give and takes. We'll talk about that in a deep dive, just some things to know and be careful about, but um overall, they're great options. You know, webcams on your camera on your device typically not meant for, you know, going out and shooting uh, home video stuff or stuff around the family. It's really meant for obviously just being at your computer, but they are using some of the similar technology that you might find in the camera phones to do uh, the same type of uh, processing of your video. So those are getting better and better. Those are looking better. Every, every one you get now, next generations, they're shooting at 1080p resolution. I haven't seen a webcam shooting at 4k yet. I don't know if that's, I'm sure it's on the horizon, but yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I think 1080 HD is kind of the highest you see with most webcams right now. Yeah. I would mention so, webcams yeah. is something that I had to look into recently for a number of reasons, right? We, a lot of people having to buy webcams to be able to do remote, remote access uh, to, to meetings and to classes. Um, 
I mean, to me, the the biggest thing about the webcams was just making sure that you didn't worry so much about the frame rate, right? It's not like on a webcam, you really need a great frame rate, right? You just need a good quality image. So pixels is good. Seeing in HD is good. Um, and then things like, you know, automatic focus, right? Making sure if you're something that's going to go in and out of the uh, the frame, you know, that it will follow you and be able to, to focus on it. But uh, I will say just on a side note, I think it's pretty disgusting what a lot of the companies have done recently with webcams. You know, when you try to buy webcams, they've, they've all gone up about double, if not up to, I saw up to 10 times the price, you know, when I was looking uh, during this pandemic and everybody needed a webcam, you know, the, the cheapest webcam I could find was maybe $200, which is crazy. Yeah. Usually that's a, you know, $20 purchase. And uh, so hopefully they're coming back now, but people are taking advantage there. So probably yeah. not the time to be buying a webcam if you don't have one, uh, use what's in your computer built in. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a, it, it can be a good add on if, uh, if you can get it for the right price. So, yeah. Good point on that. Yeah, that's that's a shame if that's a that kind of gouging is going on. That's never yeah. never good. Um, so all right, so let's say you're somebody that says, all right, look, I'd, I'd like to have a little more either control over my shooting video than just using my camera phone, or I just don't want to mix the two. You know, I like having kind of a dedicated item uh, device for my video shooting. I want my phone to stay in my pocket. I want it to be for communication. And I want to have this extra tool now to shoot video. You've still got plenty of options. I know everybody talks about on uh, shooting with your camera phones, but you really still have a lot of options on where you could shoot video outside of your camera phone. Um, you've got point and shoot camcorders. So this is kind of what you, you may in a little bit of a flashback, you may think back to, you know, several years back, this is how we shot video. It was a standalone camcorder device. You buy it at your best buy or other store and it's shooting video, it's got a viewfinder on it. Uh, instead of recording to tape, these are now recording to storage cards or storage media, just like a digital camera is. Um, but they're solely dedicated and focused on being a camcorder, a video recorder, and that's it. They're not gonna do anything else. They're not gonna give you any other functionality. Just truly, I wanna have a camcorder. I wanna carry it. I want this to be what I use to shoot video. What are some reasons you would go with that instead of just using your mobile phone? Well, typically on a camera phone, you've got some more options. You've got more flexibility with your shot. You can have more settings that are easy to get to. Um, you can almost argue it's a little more stability too. And camcorders are typically meant for being kind of in your hand, looking up at your viewfinder. Where phones are, you're kind of holding them in front of you. It's kind of weird sometimes to do video holding a phone. So you may just prefer the up to your eye or having it up near your head to look at the viewfinder form factor of a camcorder. Um, and I'll say too, the better the camcorder you get, you probably are gonna get a little better quality too, just because there's more mechanics going on under the hood. You've got more machines focused on purely just getting a good, a good quality image. Uh, it's gonna vary from model to model, but in general, I think you're gonna get a good quality image shooting at a high resolution on these camcorders that are available today. So again, that's just focused on just nothing but shooting uh, digital video. The one big thing I will say that uh, if you are someone who zooms, likes to zoom a lot when you're shooting video, meaning zoom into something, zooming out for something. We already talked about on the photography discussion how camera phones are not really that great for zooming. Uh, they're just not as intuitive. They're going to jump to a digital zoom a lot quicker because Brian, you educated me on the whole 
distance between the lens and the processor that's capturing the image. And if it doesn't have a lot of room, it doesn't let you zoom very far. Well, you're talking the exact same problem on the on the video side as well. Zooming in digital video on a camera phone, uh, it's not great. It's not good at all. Uh, I would not want to go to a zoo and be zooming in on animals far away with my iPhone camera as my only camera source for video. Um, so for that standpoint, camcorders are a lot better because camcorders will typically have a lot better zoom capabilities. There are bigger bodies, so there's more room to play with the uh, the image inside. And you're going to get better zooming. So if you're someone who really wants to be able to zoom a lot more and get close-ups and go on travel and you want to be able to zoom into scenic shots or places or things, uh, you may want to look at a standalone camcorder because I think it's going to give you better results on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. There's there's a lot of positives to having everything all in one place, having your, your phone that can do everything. But do keep in mind, if you're someone that has a uh, has a, has a, 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 just had a baby in your family and you want to catch the next couple of years all on video, right? You may not want to be putting everything on one device that has, <laughs> that gets carried in your pocket, that gets potentially get broken and lost and all of that sort of thing. You may want that standalone camera to say, this is where all of that video is going to go. And yeah. it's always going to be sitting here and I'm going to, you know, have it with me. And there's some great ones, you know, for, for a long time, there would even still, very small handheld video only sorts of things that could be done. Um, I think the, what you mentioned about zooming is a really good one. The, the one thing I have a very hard time with, and this is still my thing with photography is that shooting on a, on a mobile device still doesn't feel stable to me, yeah. partly because it's so small. And then when things are small, they're very easy to shake and very easy to move. Right. Yeah. So it seems like as long as you have some heft to it, you know, so if you're going to do it with a, uh, a phone zooming seems to be kind of hard for me to do in a uh, in a smooth way with pinching, pinching, you know, in terms of pinch to zoom. So it's not it's not terribly uh, it's not a natural feeling. No. Now, no. now, yeah, I could argue that you know if uh, if we hadn't gotten so used to shooting photographs and video by holding something up to our eyes and you know, after so much time that maybe the, the, the way we handle video on a, on a camera phone would feel a little more natural, but we are, we're just not geared that way. And it is an awkward thing because it's not something you put up to your eye to like, look at closely. There's no other mechanical button to do the zoom. You're having to do it with your fingers, which if you put your fingers on top of the viewfinder, it's basically just a weird experience. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot more purists who are going to say, I, I refuse to shoot on a mobile phone because I need that control. I need to be able to zoom and make it look good. I want to be able to do some other manual focus on a, a ring if I want to, instead of relying on the autofocus. An iPhone will let you manually fo or focus on different things, but you still got to touch the screen to do it. So it's, a, it's just a challenge with all that. Yeah. Now, Brian, I will say though that, you know, that's great. Point and shoot camcorders are good. I'm not a big fan of them at the moment because I'm, I don't like carrying around a whole bunch of different devices, but in your situation, DSLR cameras are also right now a really, really popular way of shooting video. Uh, the DSLRs that we talked about in the previous episodes that are shooting on uh, media cards, uh, shooting digital photography, most all of them are also going to have the option of you can flip a switch and you're now shooting video. And just like the photography, the image you get off of that DSLR being really, really good, 
the video is also really, really good. I mean, it's a good looking image. You have the same capabilities that you would have on your digital uh, photography in that you have interchangeable lenses. Um, you can really customize your image just like you can on a photograph. The difference is you're shooting 24 to 60 in succession as video. So uh, DSLRs are a great, great tool. If you are, if you are already said, I want to get into both photo and video, I want to basically capture images. To me, a DSLR is your best bet because you're going to get great photography and you can flip the switch and get great videography as well. Um, there are a few caveats with the DSLRs as well. Um, it is, you know, you got all the gear and lenses and everything else to keep up with to shoot your video now. Um, the big thing for me on DSLRs that's challenging is audio. Um, it's not something you really have to worry about when you're shooting digital photography. There's no audio. You're shooting a still photo. But then when you switch to video, in most cases, you want audio along with it. The microphones I've seen on the DSLRs I've used are not great. They are minimal. They are meant for getting general room noise, but they're not going to give you anything really crystal clear or great, um, especially if you're trying to really capture a sound, something important for your video. It's not going to do a great job of it. So you have to either hook up an external microphone to your DSLR camera to get great audio or some other tool, which again, just adds more complications to the whole process. So if you are wanting to get nature videography, meaning you want to go out in nature and shoot a lot of video, um, or you're just shooting an event and you don't really care about the pristine quality of the audio, you just want to get the visuals, then a DSLR shooting video with your own lenses and customizing that shot, it's going to look really, really good. It's probably some of your better looking video you're going to get. Um, just know there's some trade-offs and other things you'll have to kind of contend with. That's good. Yeah. Well, it's um, really, it's funny. Yeah. I've had DSLRs now for, for quite a while and I have n never shot a video on a DSLR. Really? Yeah. I've never even tried it. So I'm interested now and in even, I know that has a video feature. I know you can do it. I guess I just never thought to myself, I thought it was like videos an afterthought for this DSLR. But what you're saying is that the quality is actually really, really good on these. Yeah. So, so right now our, our professional productions we do for corporate, we do for clients day in, day out is all shot on a DSLR. Wow. Okay. Yep. We shoot all of our video on DSLR and we record our audio through external mics, or sometimes we use an external audio recorder to record the audio and we just have to sync it up and back in the, in the studio. Um, audio is the one big, big issue, big headache that we have with the DSLR. If audio was, if there was a really great professional level, great audio option on the DSLR, um, then it would be an all, it would be a no brainer for us. We'd be using that day in, day out, but um, audio is a challenge. So we, we just have to contend with that, but we love the flexibility of the lenses. We love really customizing the look of the shot. We want. It will be on a film shoot and we will switch out lenses on the DSLR and get different looks for different, interviews or different footage we're trying to gather. And again, that's, there's ways to replicate that with a camcorder or iPhone, but it's, uh, it's not as, it just doesn't give you that same look. Um, depth of field is something we see is I don't get really great on the iPhones uh, or it's a little harder to really get looking professionally and good where on a DSLR, you can absolutely get the depth of field you're looking for based on the lens you're using. So yeah, it's great. So I'm a fan of the DSLR shooting video, as long as audio is not a big uh, need or factor. 
Uh, you mentioned the mirrorless cameras that are coming out for still photography. Well, the mirrorless cameras will shoot video too. Yeah. So if you're looking at going in that direction, go ahead and double up and shoot video with it too. The video is going to look outstanding. It's going to look great, just like the photography would. Um, so kind of DSLRs, the mirrorless cameras, all of those. Uh, I can't think of a single model I've seen that doesn't also shoot video. So yeah, uh, as long as you've got the storage media in there to store it, uh, enough storage in there, then you can just shoot video all day long with these devices. Now, the last couple I'll mention, Brian, are just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but uh, people ask a lot about the GoPros and the, they're called the sports camera, sports video. They're really meant for capturing high motion, quick action type of uh, things. A lot of sports, a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Extreme, um, extreme activity. Extreme activities, extreme sports, all of that. So yeah, GoPros, these sports video cameras are great cameras. They are geared a little bit more specifically to a certain purpose, which is get high motion frame rate, shooting as fast of an image as possible because we want every little bit of action to be smooth and fluid and, and on the screen. And typically it's also shooting at a little bit of a wider angle lens because it wants to capture kind of a, a bigger perspective around it. Bordering on a little bit of a fisheye lens, you know, just yeah, a bit. The it's all about the unknown, right? We're going to capture this in hopes that if something cool happens, we yep. catch it, right? So you don't want to focus in too small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these these GoPros, the, the little sports cameras, they don't, you know, you don't really adjust anything on them. You don't really change the zoom. You don't change uh, much of the focus. It's doing it all for you, but it's really geared for uh, this high energy, high activity type of video. Um, and it's meant for, you know, strapping onto a, you strap onto your head on a helmet, you strap onto a car, your shoulder or whatever it may be to get, you know, I've seen people do some really crazy creative stuff with a GoPro camera, like, you know, non sports activities or non extreme sports. Just again, there's a lot of caveats to remember. Audio is also not really the, the shining star of the GoPro. Um, I don't even know if there's a way to hook up an external mic. It's just, it'll record audio on the camera, but they're not really thinking audio is what you're really watching this video footage for. Yeah. Um, well, and I, you can't really add on lenses or anything to the right. best of my knowledge. It pretty much is out of the box. This is what you get. But again, uh, you know, could you use it for family footage? Yeah, you could, you could have it and move it around and you've got a really kind of cool, interesting look to your, your, your footage. Uh, it's still going to work, but again, it's just really made for a specific purpose. Yeah. Portability, right. Being small. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, being able to be unobtrusive, right, and and yeah. take a beating. Uh, we used GoPros, um, Alan. You know that my background with uh, coaching. You know, we would we put GoPros up at the back of our tennis courts up on the fence, and because one, it had a really really wide uh, wide view, so we knew we were going to see everything that happened in uh, uh, on the tennis court. But yeah. also the fact that if a ball hits this thing, I'm not that concerned, right? They're pretty inexpensive. They're, they can take a beating. Um, so yeah, those are, those are great for that purpose. Yeah. I think the, yeah. and the images that came out of them were great, but again, you can't tweak them. It's not like you're going to yeah. focus on one part of the screen. It's all just out of the box, uh, grab as much information as you can. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a fan of them. I love them. I think they're great. My son has one and he's shot a lot of, you know, bike or driving car type of footage. And it looks wonderful. It looks really, really good. Just again, do I want to, 
uh, film uh, Christmas opening gifts with the, the, the family or uh, people talking and having conversations on those. Not really. You know, I don't think it's really meant for that, but you can definitely have some fun with it. Then Brian, just the other one is just, you know, you do have a lot of levels above all the ones I talked about, which are really more your professional level cameras. These are getting into the higher dollar, but definitely really, really good image quality that people are shooting films on, that people are shooting a high-end commercials on. Uh, overkill for your own personal, you know, family home uh, video needs, but just know they are out there. Now you're starting to get into the thousands of dollars for those cameras when you get to that point. But in general, you know, you have a lot of options to work with if you're interested in shooting video, digital video nowadays. It comes down to just a lot of, lot of factors at the end of the day, you know, kind of a recommendations I'd say we could, you and I both make based on our experience. Um, if you're not wanting to put additional money and time, energy, or carry other things with you, and you're able to accept the limitations that you may have with a camera phone on your camera, on your, on your phone, uh, they're great. I mean, and they're going to shoot some really good stuff and every generation that comes out is getting better. So I've, I've got an iPhone 10. That's what, two, three years old, maybe. Yeah. Um, it, the video looks wonderful, but I'm, I know if I have got my hands on an iPhone 11 or when they come out with the, the 12 here soon, I know it, the video quality is going to blow it away. So it's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. Um, I just know that the limitations are the whole zooming, the whole kind of really controlling the image while I'm looking at the screen. If you just want point, shoot, ready to go, just shoot it. Your camera phone is still, I think, your best option right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's 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 to me, again, why there is no substitution for the camera and my phone for capturing an, a random image of something interesting that's happening because I know it's always on me. It's going to, it's going to provide the greatest uh, or the simplest way of grabbing that image. And it's going to be in focus and it's going to, it's going to capture uh, a really quality image. Same thing with video. I'm not, I'm not someone who's going to carry another device for video. Uh, now, if I've got my DSLR and I know that there's something, a, you know, some animal that I'd really like to video, and I've got it. Great. Of course, I'm going to use that because of the external lenses. But I think I think the biggest takeaway in, in someone who's not in video listening to what you've kind of educated me on, it seems like if I'm someone that just wants to capture home memories, then my phone does a great job as long as I can keep in keep in mind the uh, the storage issue, right, and figure out a way to store the information. But if I'm someone that wants to be creative, it's kind of like we talked about with with um, with uh, photography, if you're someone that wants to really be creative, where you want to, you know, uh, have different parts of the the depth of field come out, and you want certain parts to be sharp and other parts to be not, and you want to be able to zoom uh, and do some really creative panning, you, you, you're probably going to either want some additional accessories for your phone, or you're going to want uh, a different device. So, yeah. yeah, that's where that next level, that dedicated camcorder is going to give you a lot more capability. You know, if you, if you just know that, look, I, I don't want to be limited in my shot. If I'm somewhere that I need to zoom in or I need, um, to, to create a different looking shot or, um, all that, then, then you might want to look at the, the standalone camcorders. They still make those. I will say you don't see as many of them. You don't see as many models out there in the store anymore because, you know, they're just not seeing as many needs for them. Many of those needs are getting filled by camera phones right now. Um, 
but I do think it's a good, I mean, for the price, you know, they're generally inexpensive uh, yeah. compared to like the DSLR cameras or even a high-end smartphone. So uh, they're affordable. They give you a lot more control over an image, but just know you've got another thing to keep up with. And it is a separate device. All it does is video. That is all it's meant for. Um, but again, if you're, if you, uh, that's where you want to be, I think there's still great options out there for that. Then that DSLR level to me, that is, um, that is where you're already shooting DSLR photography anyway. And you want to also be able to shoot video, then it makes absolute perfect sense to have that. Um, I don't know, unless you're really wanting to get higher level with your video, maybe you're shooting a, a web series for yourself a online YouTube series or something. A lot of YouTubers uh, will use like a DSLR camera to shoot video uh, just because they really like the look of it. It's just got a great look uh, to the image overall. So again, I think you're starting to kind of border on, are you getting in, are you doing video for a little more lucrative purposes other than just shooting family home videos? Yep. If you are, then I think a DSLR might be the direction I would look at just because the image quality is so good. And, um, and plus you got a great camera to go along with it to boot. Yeah. Um, so, and then of course you got your niche things. I'm a, I'm a sport. If you're a sports guy, you're an extreme sports guy. Well, all the GoPro level cameras are really good for shooting uh, video there. Uh, and then of course you get into the professional level beyond that. So, uh, I don't have a solid recommendation on where everybody else ought to go. It really depends on the situation, but I am going to say my default is going to be, look, the camera phone's really good. And for most personal purposes, it's going to meet most all your needs. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, I feel like I am much, much smarter in terms of the video world. Uh, maybe it's just because I've been drinking caffeinated coffee, but, um, but I do feel really, really on it right now. And, and I am feeling dragging and slow and just, it's just, man, this is not working out for me already. I can tell. So. Well, you did it's only like mid morning. It's you did all right there. It's good. Yeah. Well, well that's, think... that's just, just some in overview stuff. Again, just, uh, just kind of general, Hey, no matter if you're going out to buy a video camera or you want to start shooting video or you already have your phone or a camera device and you just want to kind of learn more of the, the settings on it. I hope we covered kind of the basis. There's a lot more in digital video, a lot more settings, just like there is in photography. Uh, the good news is these computers and devices are getting smart enough to do a lot of it for us and give us the best image we can get. So, um, just really depends on the level of detail you want and how much customization you want of your video as to which direction you go. Cool. So we will have a couple of deep dive episodes, Brian, coming up. I think we're going to do one deep dive episode. Our next one's going to be shooting video on a camera phone, mm -hmm. kind of some do's and don'ts and tips and things to know about that. And then we're also going to do one on shooting video on more standalone point and shoot camcorder or, or even professional level cameras, some differences and things to be aware of. And then we'll wrap up a deep dive episode on editing or kind of what do you do with the video after you've shot it? Uh, it's one thing to show everybody the video on your phone and just passing the phone around to show it. But what, what else can you do? How can you edit it? How can you share it in other ways? And that's what we'll cover in our, our last uh, deep dive episode. Very cool. All right, man. You ready to go into our brothers in tech suggestions? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Our think bits, so. our patented bits here. Uh, Brian and I, each time we get together and record an episode, uh, come up with a recommendation or a suggestion of a hardware product, software product, website, whatever it may be, mobile app. 
anything that kind of helps uh, to kind of emphasize what we just talked about in our main episode. So Brian, what have you, uh, what have you got to share with us? You know, I was just sitting here thinking whether or not I should uh, change mine because I, uh, as I, as I was listening to you and, and thinking what might be an appropriate bit, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to go ahead and stick with what I had, which I think is still pretty helpful from the person who is not uh, big into video and doesn't uh, use video that much. I tell I, I've been pretty amazed with how powerful the QuickTime player app is on oh, your, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which QuickTime, of course, is something that can be downloaded on both a, a Windows and an Apple uh, uh, computer. But QuickTime, which, by the way, Alan, QuickTime is its own company, right? QuickTime is is not it's not part of one of these big conglomerates, or is it? I think it's, I thought QuickTime was Apple. Okay, so maybe it's Apple only, right? And then, but it, you can get it on a PC, right? I know you can get yeah, you you can. Can a QuickTime mm-hmm. player to be able to play. Yeah, QuickTime is kind of a whole framework for multimedia on the Mac, and it was developed by Apple. Okay, um, but they do make it available on Windows as well. So yeah. So, and me being a Mac person, you know, QuickTime used to be the one where you'd say, "Oh, you're gonna list, you're gonna watch you know, .movs, right? You're doing the thing that Apple really was focused on." Um, but I've been pretty amazed lately that QuickTime, one, it can play lots of different video types, but um, but also I've been pretty impressed with even its minor editing things. So people often forget that that's on their computer, and they think, "Oh, I need to bring up iMovie to be able to do." you know, cropping on my video or splitting a video into two different videos. I mean, that's yeah. something that QuickTime Player can do, right? You, you're kind of surprised by it. You pull up the video, you go up and say that you want to do some small editing to it. You can crop off the ends, maybe the intro and the the, the ending of your, your video, make it a little cleaner. You can even export it into different formats. So you've recorded it, but now you want to email it or you want to share it on a different format. So you want to export it into a smaller resolution. Uh, it can do that for you. Um, probably to me, the most timely reason why QuickTime has been helpful is that for anybody wanting to do just screen recordings, so you want to you want to create a video for maybe your company. And instead of doing a, a video uh, meeting, you want to say, here, I'm going to record the video, show you, you know, this document, walk through the document, but you want it to be a movie rather than uh, in person. Well, QuickTime can do that. You pull up QuickTime uh, as an app, tell it you want to do a new screen recording, and then it will record everything that happens on your screen, including the audio uh, of you talking. Um, I remember I used this last year with some students. We had a meeting where we were... Uh, Skyping in with some other students from a different institution. And we had, you know, somebody wasn't going to be there. So I said, well, let's record it. And we were all trying to figure out how are we going to record this? Uh, well, it was quite easy, actually. We pulled up QuickTime. We did a, um, a screen movie recording and it recorded their audio on Skype, our audio, our documents that we had pulled up. And then you could go later and, uh, and edit that video to, to trim out some of the things. So it's just, uh, obviously, it doesn't do the high-level things, you know, if you wanted to do really, really creative work with your your video. But if you're just looking to grab video and you're looking to do a quick little edit of it, uh, it's free. Uh, it's something that's going to be already on your Mac and then can easily go on a PC as well. So QuickTime Player. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm with you on that. I, uh, that is the software I use if I need to record something on my screen. Um, if I'm ever needing to do just like a introduction to something or sending somebody a personal video of just me talking, I will sit in front of my laptop and turn on, pull up QuickTime player and tell it to do a new uh, recording and it uses my webcam and that's what I record and it's great and it's easy and it saves it and I send it off. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I use it probably, uh, at least once a week right now. So it's, uh, I'm, uh, I agree with you on that for sure. So Brian, my brothers in tech suggestion, I mentioned earlier in my geeked out tech talk earlier on, on formats and resolutions and all this other stuff. I said, you know, for the most part, your new camera, camera phone are going to handle those things for you, but you may run into a situation where you have recorded a video. It's now a video file sitting on your computer. And for whatever reason, you need to change it to a different format, a different size, a different quality level. Let's say, for example, Brian, you shot a video that's a great video of your family uh, during a certain uh, event. You you and Laura, the two of you, you got like an hour-long video of something you guys did as an event. And you recorded it. It looks great, but it's a really, really big file because it's just, you know, you shot it at the highest resolution. It's like super huge file size. It's not something you're going to put on YouTube. It's something you want to send to somebody and you need to get the file size down a little bit. Or you shot it at like super 4K resolution, but you just want to go ahead and shrink it down to a little smaller. Any of these things you want to do, Handbrake is a tool I use. It's a piece of free software, open source software called Handbrake. I think you can find it at handbrake.fr because I think it's a French site, maybe. I'm not sure. But Handbrake, you know, you can download it and use it here in America. It's, uh, I think, hopefully I got that right about .fr. I'll be very embarrassed if that's not what .fr is. Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's, yeah. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'd really like to correct you if, if you are wrong. So please, I know you're I know you're hungry to do that. So please feel free to. Well, Handbrake is a free app I download and I use all the time. And basically it's for taking video files, video things you recorded and converting it to different formats, different dimensions or different styles. Okay. So for example, if I wanted to take a really, really large video I've got but I want to make sure that it's going to play really good on my Apple TV. Handbrake has some preset settings where I can take my video file, drop it in the handbrake. And I say, I want it to be set for Apple TV. I want it to play as good as it can play on an Apple TV while getting the file size down to a manageable level. And it will just take it and process it into a whole new video file that is meant for that. If you've got a video that you're going to want to play on a website somewhere and uh, you really don't want it to be super large file size or as big as it is. Then you can even go to a preset and say, I want it to be for a website and it will kind of shrink it down to a little more manageable level. You can also go in and do all your manual settings too. say, I want it to be exported as a .mov file. And I want it to be instead of the 1920 by 1080, I shot it at, I want it to be down to, uh, 1120 by seven or, uh, 1280 by 720, you know, whatever you want to do, you can actually resize it. You can also, um, what was the other thing? Uh, change the frame rate on it. So it kind of uh, approximates frame rate a little bit differently if you need to knock it down some. So it does all those things. And again, it's, it's, uh, 
it's something, you know, the, the best option is always to shoot it the way you want it to be in the first place. But if you do have to convert it into different file formats, uh, Handbrake is a way to do it. It is a little more of a techie program. It's not as simple as just point and click. Um, but they have added some presets to it that make it kind of nice and easy to work with. Um, also, uh, here's another thing you can do with Handbrake. I just realized that last thing I did with it, actually. So if you've got a video and let's say um, when you shot the video, um, either you had some things running along the top or bottom of the frame that you just didn't really want to have in the, in the shot uh, or maybe on the sides of the video that you just want to kind of crop it down. There's actually a cropping tool in Handbrake where you can drop your video in. So I actually want you to crop 50 pixels off the right, 50 pixels off the left and just make it black bars. And that's what it will process the video as. So you have a lot of little simple tools for just converting a video into a different format or to a different uh, file altogether. Um, so again, we use it quite a bit. You can do things like add subtitles to your video using Handbrake. You can uh, add different audio to your video. So it's not really an editing tool. It's more of a conversion tool, but it has some, some cool features along the way with it as well. Probably too high end for a lot of people who are just kind of getting into digital video, but you're finding yourself needing to do some conversion, changing a video you've already shot into a different format or different file format. That's really what it's meant for. Nice. Very cool. And have you, have I, you ever used Handbrake? I, I I had a long time ago. And yeah. as you mentioned, it used to be a much bigger issue, right? If you took video and you had it on a on Mac and you realized you need to share it with someone on a PC or vice versa, you always had that dreaded, you know, error that would come up to say, oh, you don't support this file type. Um, so Handbrake was really helpful for that. I haven't had a need for it recently, um, but I just downloaded it because I think there are some really cool ways, uh, especially with, you know, teaching online, which I'm going to be doing uh, starting soon and recording some of that, maybe condensing those videos down to make it easier for a student to, to stream it from their phone, you know, as opposed to having a really, yeah. really high quality one that's going to take a while. Well, and here's another thing. I'll just get just, just last little bit. I'll say on this, why I still think, yeah, I, I use handbrake a lot less than I used to, Yeah, but still for me. So if I have my home videos and I want them to play on my Apple TV in my house, the Apple TV boxes don't have, they don't store the, the videos locally. Uh, well, they do just a little bit. They yeah. really would rather stream them from places. That's really what they're meant to do. And I have, I think we talked about in, in a previous episode months ago, I have like a Plex server, you know, to, to house all my video. Well, if I put my pure, like highest resolution videos up on my Plex server, and then I try to stream them to my TV set through my Apple TV, uh, it's either going to take a lot longer to, for it to process them, or it may stutter and not play as smooth because the file is just so freaking huge. And I'm trying to play it over a wireless streamed, you know, server connection. Uh, handbrake will sometimes be ones if I just take my videos and say, go ahead and just knock it down to the ideal Apple TV setting. And I just apply that preset to it and let it run. That's the ones I'll put on the Plex server and say, okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I know that this is going to play really good on my Apple TV. Yeah, it's an extra step. Yes, it takes time. But it's never, nothing's more frustrating than trying to play video for somebody on a TV set and it stutters or it pauses and skips yep. and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's just one way handbrake can be a, a great free tool to kind of let you get past that. So. Cool. And I'm sorry to have to say this, 
but dot fr mm -hmm. is indeed french and you are yes. correct i really really hate saying that but you were you were correct you so. were you were feverishly checking you checked google you even checked like Oh, I checked Yahoo and Alta Vista and everywhere else just to make sure you got everything, all the right information. I checked any site I could. They <laughs> argued with it and said that it was not indeed French. <laughs> you, I think you even did a search to see is Google broken right now? Is the information coming off of Google's legit? Because I'm curious about it. <laughs> is there any conspiracy theory that I can quote that says that it's indeed not French <laughs> that I could yes. use? So, yep. Congratulations. Yes. So hand, handbrake.fr, it is a, I take it by that, a French company, but yet, you know, the, the software, it, it's certainly, it's not in French. You can, you can download it and, and read it very easily. Yeah. So Brian, I think that wraps us up. We talked a lot about just the mechanics and generalities of digital video, shooting digital video these days. Again, in our deep dive episodes, it's going to be shooting on mobile, shooting on uh, standalone camcorders or other higher level cameras. Uh, and then we'll talk about editing and post-production on your videos yeah, in future cool. episodes. All right. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. I'm, I'm hoping others are as well. It's great. Well, Brian, if somebody wanted to reach out to us after this and talk to us, what, what uh, could they do? Well, they should email us at info at the mesh.tv, uh, info at the mesh.tv. Uh, tell us, your use of video, your uh, suggestions for uh, other ways that uh, video could be used and advice you'd like us to pass along. But, but most importantly, we'd love to hear from you about what kind of topics we should get into in the future. You know, we've uh, we're kind of excited about finding some new topics that are useful to people. So, uh, so let us know what uh, would you love us to get into? And we'll, uh, we'll certainly consider that. Uh, or if you have any questions, uh, things that we can give some advice on, uh, let us know. Info at the mesh.tv. Yep. Perfect. And again, you're listening to this podcast on the mesh.tv podcast network. So you can go back and listen to past episodes of brothers in tech to hear other topics we've talked about. But make sure you also subscribe to the show if you want to make sure you get all future episodes. Brian, I was just talking to a listener last night. They came up, was talking to me uh, about how much they, they've they appreciated the information we've been sharing and kind of be able to use that. Um, and even someone, another person commented about how uh, even the, the, the episode where I got way, way too technical and excited about backups was actually kind of a life-changing episode for them. But they are now in the backup camp and they feel much, much better, can sleep much easier at night mm. knowing their stuff is backed up. So well, you can we tell, are... You can tell your wife, thank you for, for sending that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm sure that, um, yeah, I'm not sure I believe that. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, all right. I'll, uh, I'll have them join us. I'll have them uh, write something in just to verify it and make sure you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I want to make sure, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're touching lives here. We're, we're making a difference in this world, this crazy, crazy world. I feel like, so, we, uh, I feel like we are. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right, man. Well, we will get together and talk again soon. We'll be talking shooting digital video on your mobile phone here in the next little bit. So we hope you will stay tuned for that episode coming up very soon. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, 
sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.